Sex Chat with Kim Ayers is proudly sponsored by Cal Exotics, the world's first woman-owned adult pleasure products manufacturer, the Magic Wand, the longtime favorite massager of millions, and NAS Toys, providing your sexual pleasure from head to toe. All of our fabulous sponsors' products are available at grandopening.com. Hey, I am super excited to have my friend, Ashley Manta, who will introduce herself with all of her amazing credentials and everything. And I'm having a good laugh because we're going to pick up why I'm laughing right after Ashley tells everybody who she is. Take it away, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Ashley Manta. I am an award-winning sex and relationship coach. I was the 2020 Sexpert of the Year for the XBiz Awards. I am the author of The CBD Solution, Sex, that was published in 2020. I am the creator of Canisexual, which is a word that I made up and then trademarked, uh, referring to anyone who mindfully and deliberately combines sex and cannabis to deepen intimacy and enhance pleasure, whether solo or partnered. I'm a certified body sex facilitator through uh, our dearly departed Betty Dodson, and I am the creator of the Activating Your Cosmic Pussy online sex magic intensive for women, and I am just thrilled to be here. That's a pretty impressive resume there. That's for sure. So I am still howling. My cheeks are getting sore because we were just talking about technology and how we had a tricky time making this recording through another platform and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I could use a joint right now. And to wish Ashley was really happy. And I've got to fess up right up. I haven't used a cannabis product since 1999. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, it seems because like it's about time. It's well, you know, it's a funny thing. And and what it is is that once you're high, you can't get unhigh. And so with alcohol, not that I'm alcoholic or anything, but I like beer, you know. And I know, oh, if I have four, I'll be happy. If I have five, I'm kind of loaded, not kind of by getting on the path of being loaded. So I can monitor it. So to me, that's like having much more control over it than something I ingest. And this is hard drugs. My whole hard drug experience is half a hit of acid in 1978, you know, which was great fun. But I'm like, you know, it's in your system and stuff. So that's why, like, I'll never do an ayahuasca journey or or anything like that. And it's it's completely not that I'm against it at all. It's just for me. So maybe you can escort me through a potential journey, but I, I may follow you up on it. I might not. I mean, because that's like, you know, I, it's just one of those things. So let's say, okay, that's actually a good lead in. Let's say somebody's a little bit nervous about combining cannabis and sexuality. What do you suggest? Well, for you, um, having not smoked or in, ingested cannabis in any capacity since 1999, I would say the first thing that you're going to want to do is get comfortable consuming cannabis on your own before you involve another person. Um, And you used an important word when you were explaining what you didn't want to do, which was ingest, which means eat. And I would agree with you. Edibles are actually not where I would recommend anyone who is new to cannabis start. Um, They are the most unpredictable and it's the longest ride. You, you know, it takes up to two full hours to kick in. It's very difficult to dose accurately. 
many, most people um, overconsume edibles and then they're on a really unpleasant ride for between four and eight hours. And that's just not fun for anyone. So I actually prefer inhalation or topicals for new folks. Oh, really? And inhalation's a lot better because you actually can titrate in a much more intentional way. You can take a single puff. That is one. That's like, you know, not that it's remotely the equivalent of alcohol, but like it would be like, I know that I can have one drink and one drink is okay for me. You can have one puff. Start with just one, inhale all the way, exhale all the way, and then put it down. The problem comes when people are just like mindlessly puffing on whatever they happen to be handed and they don't have any real awareness of how much they're consuming. But if you go puff by puff, you can really intentionally dose yourself. And that comes directly from my colleague, Dr. Jordan Tischler, who's actually a Harvard MD who specializes in cannabis medicine and recommends patients um, use inhalation as their primary form of consumption and that they go puff by puff to kind of figure out what the right dose is for them. And, And that way you only have to wait about five to 15 minutes for the full effects of that one puff to take on. And then 15 minutes later, if you're like, oh, I don't actually feel very high, you can take another puff and see how that goes. So you can really very intentionally get to where you want to be and notice, okay, what's happening in my body? What do I feel? Am I, you know, do I feel like there's a warm, like, sweater around my head? Do I feel kind of tingly in my extremities? Do I feel um, hungry? Do I just want to take a nap? Like, where am I at? And write those things down because uh, cannabis is really bad for your short-term memories. Often have things that I'm like, oh, I thought of this great idea while I was high. And then I cannot remember (laughs) it when I am no longer high. So for sure. That's interesting because I never really even thought about that. I mean, I go to dispensaries uh, to help somebody who doesn't want to go into the dispensary, blah, 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 and stuff. So I'm familiar with it. And I kind of don't let on to my naivete about it because I don't want them to be, not that they would really care, but go, Hey, you're getting this for somebody else, you know, but I'm like, Oh, so tell me about that. And it always makes my head spin of just the varieties of everything out there. Never mind of herb, you know, I mean, I'm just looking at like what you can drink, what you can eat, what you can put on, what you can use, you know, that type of thing, as opposed to like, smell this, which I really, I totally love the smell of cannabis, like both, you know, when it's burning or not, I, I just love it. I love the, the secondhand smoke, you know, um, I totally love them. So, uh, so it's kind of funny, like to think, oh, Okay, that would be one way. Okay, so with that, I do know the difference between indica and sativa and hybrid. So what would you recommend in that case? Well, so I'm going to blow your mind a little bit, Kim. Um, Indica, sativa and hybrid are complete bullshit. Um, I only use um, G-spot vibrators because they make me feel happy and clitoral vibrators because they make me feel sleepy. Like that's just not how it works at all. You don't think so? Um, I mean, I don't know. No. So I've been fed this line of bullshit, even though I don't smoke. You've been fed this line of bullshit. It's become kind of a, a cultural phenomenon. And, and so it, it really came out of the illegal market. When a dealer was selling things, they would use indica and sativa as sort of um, an approximation of effects. So if they smoked their stuff and they were like, oh, that made me really hyper, I'm going to call that a sativa because people know what that means. And I'm putting air quotes around that. And, you know, if I smoked it and got real sleepy, I'm going to call that an indica because people know what that means. But indica and sativa actually refer to the morphology of the leaves Um, in the actual plant. Sativa leaves are long and skinny. 
indica leaves are short and fat. Neither of those things have anything to do with the effects. Now, do they correlate sometimes? Sure. But my first year of philosophy in my grad program, I learned that correlation does not imply causation. So yeah, for sure. Sometimes you will smoke an indica or what is billed as an indica and it will make you sleepy. That does not mean that that's because it was an indica. It's actually because of the cannabinoid and terpene profiles of that given plant. Um, and so indica and sativa have largely become marketing terms because the other piece of that is everything is so hybridized. There are no true indicas and sativas anymore. And even if there were, there still wouldn't be that correlation of effects, but they're just aren't anymore. So it's, it's really like saying, you know, red wine makes me party and white wine makes me like want to have sex. That's a great analogy because I think people can relate. Like that's just not, yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, well, anybody who knows wine, let's put it that way, you know, but I bet there's going to be like a lot of listeners that are like, wait a minute, you know, that does that and that does that. But that's kind of interesting. It's like, you don't need to use anal lube for anal sex. You can use it for anything. And it works as lube and that now see, so my, my head is spinning and I'm not even high right now. (laughs) Like have that effect on people. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Cause you know, I'm just thinking like, you know, when you go to a dispensary, oh, I need something to sleep. Well, you need an indica, which always makes me laugh because into couch. (laughs) (laughs) So easy to dispensaries and even brands have, have relied heavily on heavily on those designations as marketing tools. But in reality, they are not remotely reliable predictors. So if somebody's going to buy them in a place where you can legally buy them, mm-hmm. and whether you buy ingestible or, or edible or uh, what's leaf, I guess, right, mm-hmm. is what the common term is. Yeah, I the sound, flower. The flower, that's it. <laughs> I sound like, this is how you talk to your children about drugs. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Timmy, let me talk to you about cannabis. (laughs) This is like, I feel like Timmy right now. Okay. I really do. But I think that it's pretty interesting because you do bring such a different perspective. I mean, you're not only like the cannabis expert, but tying it together with sex. So let's say, you know, um, well, first of all, just to backtrack a little bit, I've been part of the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health since 1997 and um, kind of member or not member, whatever, and stuff. And um, I know a lot of it, there's kind of a bit of nervousness about studying sexual health with cannabis because it's still considered an illegal product and things like that. But as soon as, um, I guess, Foria was the first cannabis-laced lubricant, when that came out, I thought, oh my God, this is going to change so many women's lives around orgasm. So tell us a little bit more about that and your research and what you know about not only Foria, but perhaps if there's other products out there that can help and how does it help? And there are so many products out there. Um, So those kinds of products are considered topicals because you will actually apply them topically to your vulva. And um, they have been kind of marketed as what we're calling weed lubes, but it's really a misnomer because, you know, when I think of lube, it's like, if I have dryness or if I want things to be more slick, I add lube and it immediately makes things more wet. And then I kind of move on with my day with, with cannabis infused topicals, you really need to let them marinate. So I like to think of them more as a pre lube. So you would add that 
to your vulva. Let me pull out my little vulva puppet. So Yay, all over the, Yay. the clit, the inner labia, and the vaginal opening, you're going to want to let that sit for at least 20 minutes. So it does require a little bit of forethought, knowing that you're going to be having sexy fun times at some point in for the near future. Or because it can be applied as part of foreplay. It can totally be applied as part of foreplay. Yeah. Um, or you can just, you know, nip off to the bathroom. And as you're doing your your pre-sexy sure. pee ritual, you just like slather a little bit of that on and then go back to the bedroom or wherever you happen to be having your fun times. Thank you for saying like that. Because <laughs> it's like, no, I like to fuck in a garage, you know? Oh, totally. Motorcycles. Yeah, no, wherever you want to go is, yeah, is where you sure. ought to be. That's <laughs> I like it, kitchen sure. sex, honestly. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Bent over the sink is a oh, good yeah, time. Oh, yeah, and that cold. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's another podcast. <laughs> right. That's a whole other conversation. But um, so you let that marinate. And what that does is a couple of things. So THC is a vasodilator. So it's going to bring more blood flow to the area, which is going to help with um, engorgement of, you know, the clit. So your clit will get a, a bigger, stronger erection. You will have um, increased lubrication, not just from the application of the, the oil itself, but also because there's more blood flowing to the area that does kind of mimic the um, normal sensations of arousal in our, your brain's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting wet. I should probably keep getting wet. And so it kind of enhances it that way. And then it also, because it brings more blood flow to the area, you know that when more blood is flowing, your muscles tend to relax. When you're sitting in a hot tub, everything just kind of unwinds, right? So that will also help with, uh, for a lot of folks, pain with penetration, which is actually what brought me to THC infused oils because I had pain with penetration from being a sexual assault survivor. And that was the first thing that allowed me to have penetrative sex without pain. That's pretty monumental. It is. And when I kind of looked around in 2014, no one was talking about using topicals for, especially for survivors. Um, Foria, when it was in in its inception, was really for folks who are postmenopausal because it helps with dryness and atrophy and also pain with penetration for that phase of life. But I was like, well, but also as, you know, a, at the time, 29 year old, I'm having pain with penetration and this is really great for me too. And then I also found that it was, you know, made orgasms more attainable and more uh, powerful as well as the ability to have multiple orgasms for me. Your mileage may vary. I'm, I'm not going to guarantee results, but a lot of folks have described similar effects. For sure. And that's the thing is, uh, you know, because I've worked with plenty of women doing coaching and just like relaxing. I mean, this is the whole thing. Is it so many women and men a lot too, because it, it just translates a little bit differently, is they're so uptight and nervous about sex. I mean, we, that's again, that's a whole nother thing too. But the thing that I find so magical about it is that it makes the vulva relax. So it's kind of like in a way that works with your head because you're more relaxed about it. So you're not so much thinking about, you know, a trigger response of any kind of penetration. So I think it's brilliant. And it just kind of like, I wonder how many gynecologists will gynecologists and sex, those are like two different animals. But anyway, I wonder how many, you know, sexual health practitioners, we'll just say it that way, actually recommend getting it, you know, because they're kind of supposed to, I mean, it's kind of like wink, wink, I'm telling you to use an illegal drug in, you know, the states where it's not legal, you know, but I wonder how many, how many healthcare practitioners, and in particular, physicians assistants, because they're the ones that really 
do the dirty work for everybody in the healthcare. Like how many of them are aware of the benefits of it? What do you think about that? Like, do you have people reaching out to you? Like, oh, I'm a women's healthcare provider and what's, what's the scoop? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I couldn't quantify it for you, but I can tell you that there are not enough who are oh. competent in the, the realm of the potential of cannabis for especially sex related um, benefits, but I have spoken at a couple of medical conferences, including the Cannabis Nurse Network Conference, and healthcare providers are hungry for this knowledge. They are not getting this information in their medical training programs, so they they want it. They just don't always know where to find it or what's reputable. You know, you will hear doctors who are like, "Oh, indica sativa," and like because they haven't received any kind of proper training around like what's really going on. So. Uh, my colleague who I mentioned earlier, Dr. Jordan Tischler, um, is up in Boston and he runs the Association of Cannabis Specialists. Oh, wow. And so he does a lot of trainings and research and publishes um, in various journals. So he's an excellent resource. He, along with myself, uh, Chelsea Sabara and Reba Kareen Thomas, co-founded the Sex and Cannabis Professional Alliance which you can find at sexandcannabis.com. And we actually do offer trainings and consultations to professionals, whether they be medical professionals, sex educators, sex therapists. Uh, and just this past weekend, I ran a training for the Sexual Health Alliance called Sex, Cannabis, and Psychedelics. And we had 90 uh, therapists and sex educators wow. signed up for this two-day training on all of the aspects of sex and cannabis and psychedelics that they might need to know um, for their patients and clients. That's pretty remarkable. And I think it's just going to change generationally, you know, which is where I kind of see where sex education goes also is that, you know, the people that are the practitioners that other people look up to and listen to are kind of more keen on what's out there, both sex toys wise and just, you know, female ejaculation wise, that's a whole nother thing. And just, you know, like you say, cannabis and psychedelics, I mean, it's psychedelics. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, whoa. Uh, like, whoa. I know. So, so <laughs> given my response, let's get back to cannabis. At least I, I can good. manage, manage oh, that. Oh, yeah. I, I would definitely tackle cannabis before I would ever get recommend anyone consider psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So, okay. So we've established that. Okay. So what's What's the difference, Timmy, between vaping and smoking a joint, including those fancy pre-rolls they have now? So you don't have to mess with album covers and matchbook <laughs> covers in order to get the seeds out. So uh, what's the yeah. difference, Timmy? <laughs> Tell me. Um, so flour in any form, whether it comes in, in a bud form or pre-rolls, they're all pretty much across the board, pretty consistent, depending on, you know, the grower and the particular uh, strain that they're, they're made from, um, where things start to get complicated is when you have uh, pre-rolls that are mixed with concentrates or dipped in keef or wax or, um, you know, additions to your pre-rolls. So you want to make sure that if you are buying a pre-roll, it's just a plain flour joint or blunt and, and it doesn't have like THCA crystals or dipped in keef or any of those kinds of like add-ons, which would make it stronger. Um, and then for vaping, there are two kinds of vape that you generally think of when you think of cannabis. One is like vaporizing the bud where you like grind up flour and put it into a flour vaporizer, like a volcano or um, the one that I really like is called the vape exhale. 
and you can set a specific temperature and and it uh, usually uses some kind of uh, convection heat to heat up the flour um, rather than combusting it with flame, which is about a thousand degrees. It'll it'll um, vaporize it between, you know, 300 and, and 500 degrees, which is generally preferable. Now, you often see and what people were doing a few years ago uh, that got a lot of media attention was vape cartridges those little vape pens oh, yeah. that everyone was using. Um, so that is generally not something I recommend for folks for a couple of reasons. One is a lot of the times to get the cannabis oil into a form that it can be vaporized in a, in a vape cartridge, they have to add things to it. The thing that was causing uh, what we're now calling vape gate a few years ago was they were adding vitamin E to the cannabis oil. Um, sometimes they'll also add something like propylene glycol which is, you know, both of those things are not good for you to be inhaling. So that's why people are getting popcorn lungs. So I generally don't recommend that kind of across the board because even though it's easier, you don't have to deal with the flour. It doesn't smell quite as much. I, I get the benefits, but it's just, it's a lot stronger and it often has additives that you're just, they're not going to be good for your lungs. So I generally steer people away from both vape cartridges and edibles if they are new to cannabis. I'm like, either you're going to do flour or you're going to do topicals. Those are your like nice, safe places. And topicals are great because they are not just limited to your genitals. You could put them on, you know, your sore shoulder and neck, which we all have from staring at our phones all day, or your arthritic knees or whatever is kind of ailing you in that way. And that will help take away some of your pain without giving you any kind of head high. Because when you're putting cannabis on your skin, it's not getting into your bloodstream or your metabolism. So it's not going to get you intoxicated. You learn something new every day. Today I was this year's old because that's also like, I'm like, oh, I'll put a topical on, but I'm just going to stick to CDB because I know what it might have 2% to make it more active, but I 2%. Okay. You know, so I just do CBD, which has been great, but that's really neat because you think it would get absorbed just because it gets absorbed into your skin. So you're like, well, it must go into the bloodstream, but that's not so much the case then, huh? It gets absorbed, but it doesn't get into your bloodstream in a way that's intoxicating. It doesn't go through um, your liver. So it completely skips first pass metabolism and it doesn't go deep enough to like, it's just, a, it's just like putting any other kind of like an Arnica cream sure. on your skin. Like you don't suddenly have Arnica in flowing through your veins. Like it's just kind of just in that area. Topical like that. So that's, mm -hmm. and again, that goes back to like Foria and how those, those work too. Mm -hmm. Papa and Barclay is my favorite. If you live in California, that's my favorite topicals brand. Um, they have, what, what is it THC, it's called Papa and Barclay. Oh, okay. Great. Um, and THC and CBD are always going to work better together. So <laughs> CBD only is fine in a pinch if that's all you can get. But if you can get THC, you're going to want it because they will work better together. In any kind of proportion, because I know that that's a whole big thing with labeling is what percentage CBD, what's THC, you know. With topicals, it doesn't really matter. Oh, it could really? be 100% THC or 99% THC and 1% CBD. It doesn't, it's not going to like, since it doesn't get you high, you don't have to stress about it as much. Like you can just kind of experiment to see which one's most effective for you. Um, now, when it comes to inhalation, yes, that does matter. So if you're someone who's new, uh, something that's CBD rich is a ratio of one to one or better. So one CBD for one THC or, you know, five CBD for two THC. That's another common ratio that you see, or even something like 20 CBD to one THC. They have flour in all of those ranges. 
which is amazing to me, you know, I mean, back in the day, you'd get Mexican ragweed, you know, and hope you get high on it (laughs) and stuff. And to see like how much it's so engineered. And like you said, you know, hybrid and just everything like that. I mean, it's pretty, it, it amazes me. It really does. So that's all pretty interesting. So what, um, what other suggestion do you have or suggestions? Cause I'm sure you have a lot, um, just, you know, embracing cannabis and sexuality, like, you know, we, we just learned of relaxing for sure, but what else can it help you with? I find that it really helps to address the things that get in the way of pleasure connection and intimacy. So those things tend to include pain, anxiety in any form, either performance anxiety or not feeling totally comfortable in your body and worrying that your partner will reject you, not feeling comfortable expressing your desires. It can help kind of alleviate some of that. It's also great for getting you out of your head and into your body. We live in such a fast paced, stressful world at this point that like helping to kind of turn down the volume of the noise in our heads so that we can be right here with our partners is really valuable. Um, It also does kind of put you in a headspace that is more conducive to pleasure for a lot of folks. And so figuring out what works best for you is a process. I can't just say, do this and you will experience that. And anyone who tells you that is lying to you. Like it's completely subjective. So you do need to do a little bit of, of field research where you try a little bit of something on your own, masturbate and see how it goes. And then when you go into a partnered space, you need to be very mindful of consent. So I say negotiate before you medicate, have a conversation about boundaries and what's on the table and what you're kind of trying to create together. And also, if you happen to have a bad reaction, if you go nonverbal, if you Mm -hmm. start to get paranoid, how do you want to be taken care of in that scenario and and what kinds of aftercare things much in the way that you would think about a kink scene right like there's the pre-negotiation there's going through the scene itself and like here's what we're going to do if something goes wrong and then there's aftercare and much in the same with cannabis that's a great way of looking at it and while we were talking i thought you know here i'm kind of thinking just women and stuff like that so how does cannabis affect erections and, and does awesome. it help with, right, with ED, erectile dysfunction and, and things like that? What's, what's It is completely subject, subjective, um, mm. which, you know, you're hearing me say over and over, but like the thing is, it really is like everyone's a little bit different. What we have found is that people, men, people with testosterone dominant bodies tend to need less cannabis. Um, so they have a lower threshold for like too much. It's sort of like whiskey dick. Um, for some, from some people with penises. So you want to err on the side of, of moderation. If, if you're a guy Um, in terms of topicals itself, like it doesn't do the same thing to the penis that it does to the vulva. Yes. (laughs) Kim is jerking off her, her model. (laughs) One of my rubber dicks I just happen to have lying around. Actually, it's more of that. Um, So what's interesting about cannabis and and hormones is that estrogen actually um, modulates THC response. So any give, even, you know, one woman who is at a different phase in her cycle or at various phases of her cycle will react to to cannabis differently depending on where she is and what her estrogen levels are. So there's a lot of variability in that. And what we're finding is that after menopause, um, when your estrogen really takes a dive, you tend to need more cannabis to get you to where you were than when you were younger. 
That's amazing. Cause we know hormones are the light switches to life, man, hormones, they control so much in our body and there's still so much research that needs to be done with them. So I didn't even think of that connection with cannabis either, but, uh, now I learned yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm running out of fingers of all the things that I'm learning today. This is so freaking interesting. It's just like, wow. I mean, that's all I can say. Just like a really good high. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. And I just kind of like zoning on this and I'll be thinking about this a lot. So what I want to do is we're going to wrap it up, but I want to tell the world where they can find you, your social handles, all that good stuff. Cause I'm sure a lot of people are going to listen to this and go, wait a minute. What, wait, what, what? Wow. So but tell the world. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at canasexual on Twitter at the canasexual. My website is canasexual.com. Um, the Sex and Cannabis Professional Alliance that I mentioned with my colleagues uh, who are all amazing experts in their own right is sexandcannabis.com. And uh, specifically, Chelsea Sabara just came out with a book and she is like a cannabis Sherpa. Like if you're brand new to cannabis and you need somebody to get on Zoom with you and talk about what you want to experience and like um, dispensary ideas and like which products to choose. She loves that shit and she's great at it. So I would definitely point you to Chelsea for those sorts of experiences um, and knowledge. And then I run my online sex magic course, Activating Your Cosmic Pussy, and I will be offering another foundational course starting in July. And so if you're curious about that, head over to Activate sexmagic.com where you can get on the waiting list. Um, and then I have online courses. I have an, a hand job class and a dirty talk class at elevatedintimacy.com, which is incidentally also the name of my podcast. There you go. So this has been so exciting and thrilling and I promise I'll visit a dispensary and get a pre-roll that's not dipped in anything and take a puff and I'll let you know. I'll let you know what you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> when we're at and me in July, I'll I'll bring you a pre-roll. We can smoke a little no! bit. <laughs> If you know we're recording this on Zoom and she gets my visual and I'm like turning red right now. No pressure, Kim. It's all about consent. I was gonna say not too many people get me like all flushed like this, but you did it even without inhaling. This has been absolutely delightful. So thank you so much. And I will see you out and about and do keep in touch. And everybody, thank you, Ashley Manta, for being a guest on Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. Thanks. Have a good one. Now it's time for joke of the podcast. Here we go. One time this guy goes to the doctor and says, hey, doc, my, my dick is orange. Doctor's like, orange, really? He goes, um, he looks, sure enough it is, he goes, do you uh, live under high power lines? Guy's like, no. He's like, uh, do you work at a nuclear power plant? Guy's like, no. In fact, I'm not working right now. I'm, I, I'm not working. Doctor says, well, then what do you do all day? He goes, well, not that much. I mean, I sit around at home. I watch porno. I eat cheese doodles. (laughs) I love that one. There you go. The joke of the podcast on Sex Chat with Kim Ayers.
And now for today's listener question, you can email them to me at Kim Ayers Sex Chat. That's got two S's in it at gmail.com. DM me on Twitter or Instagram, and I will be happy to answer your question. So let's look at this one. It's pretty simple, real basic question. Dear Kim, is TPR safe? There we go. So that's the question. It's got to be one of the shortest questions I've ever heard, too. So TPR, let me tell you about it. TPR stands for thermoplastic rubber, and it's very similar in composition to a material called TPE, which is thermoplastic elastomer. What they are is they are rubber materials that a lot of sex toys are made of or have a coating of on them. So when they have a coating, it's usually TPE, and it's a coating that like it has different names like soft and smooth or something like that. They're, all these companies do different names. And it's a coating usually on over plastic, over ABS plastic. Don't ask me what ABS stands for, automatic braking system. No, it's not that. Ugh. But it's basically a plastic like that your bumpers of your cars are made of, and it's pretty common stuff. Anyway, so then TPE is usually a coating on a plastic. TPR, however, and TPE for that matter too, is a lot of times what inexpensive sex toys are made of as opposed to silicone. Because silicone's always going to be a little bit more money. Technically, it's more hygienic. It's non-porous, doesn't hold on any germs. TPR and TPE, the thing that distinguishes them against other kinds of rubbers, as, well, silicone is the same here too, but it's a, a less expensive material, is there's no phthalates in it. Now, I know I've said something about phthalates before. Phthalates, it's a big, long word with only two syllables, P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. It's an excellent Scrabble word. You can get like 100 million points spelling out phthalates. Phthalates are a rubber softener. And the, well, there's some research that says that phthalates, hang with me here on this one, phthalates may cause feminization of male hormones with an in utero and infant male. There's studies that say that, you know, pacifiers used to have phthalates in them and they would absorb into the kid's system and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I know the EU has outlawed using any phthalates in anything that has to do with the body. So that would include sex toys. Um, but also, you know, like I say, pacifiers and things like that and teethers and all those things that little babies use. So the EU outlawed it. And basically, American manufacturers of sex toys decided to take them out of rubber products. Now, this is the thing, is that phthalates have never been used with TPE or TPR. So phthalates are not in TPR or TPE products. 
also to phthalates are stinky, and you'll find that these other rubber materials, TPE, TPR, are not stinky. So that's another reason how you know that there's no phthalates in those materials. As for safety, it's not technically as hygienic as silicone. However, it's still a pretty good material. Uh, you can easily slip a condom over something if there's any doubt. I personally have not heard of anybody being allergic to TPE or TPR. So I am saying that I think it's a pretty safe product. I mean, I've never thought twice about using it. Again, as with any material, if irritation occurs, discontinue use and consult your physician. Well, just use common sense. You know, if something's irritating you, you know, let's say a sex toy that you're inserting and there's some irritation there, could be the lubricant or lack thereof, not using lubricant, not using additional lube. It could be the type of lube you're using because I know a lot of people are allergic to different kinds of lubes, but in general, a water-based one's pretty safe, and then that's a whole nother podcast. But anyway, if you do find yourself being irritated by a sex toy, maybe throw a condom over it. If you're allergic to latex, there's non-latex condoms out there. You know, work with your body, listen to your body, and if it has any reaction around any of the materials you're sticking inside or using against your delicate folds and interiors, mm, wherever they may be and whoever may be in possession of them. So that's pretty much it. So TPE, TPR, pretty safe bet in my book. And there you go. If got any more questions, DM me on Twitter or Instagram, both of them at Kim Ayers, of course. Glad there's only one of me. Or you can email me, Kim Ayers, sexchat at gmail.com. Thanks. So that'll do it for today's episode of Sex Chat with Kim Ayers. Thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share it and listen to all the episodes. Thanks again to the sponsors, Cal Exotics, Nastoys, and the original Magic Wand. And be sure to get all your sex toys and sexy stuff at grandopening.com. Thanks.